0: Welcome to the OKC82 Podcast. Chisholm Holland, and Brady Trantham with your Monday pre-Game 5 NBA Finals edition Woo-hoo! of the podcast. Will, NBA season.
1: Will the basketball season end tonight?
0: Yeah, it could be over two nights uh, That game tips off at 8 o'clock. If I had to assume it's going to be on ABC again.
1: I believe so. Yeah, so make sure you... You can uh, watch it on YouTube TV, and I know that because they Twitter. say it They say it every five minutes.
0: Or on Twitter, actually. You can watch it on Twitter with Katie Nolan, and she does a live show on Twitter, which is weird. Um, so, but yeah, so that game's going to be going on. We have a whole lot of stuff to get to today, um, and obviously we're going to talk about that game, but we thought we'd start off with the uh, breaking news of this afternoon. This really coming down at the pipe, big news here. Tony Parker did not retire last summer.
1: (laughs) He retired today. Yeah, there are probably a few people around um, that have Twitter today that are like, oh, Tony Parker, I thought he retired last year. No, he just played for the Hornets for about, what, five five minutes. and Eh, eh, not so much fun. Not so much fun not being with the Spurs, not so much fun being Kimba Walker's backup. But um, Thunder fans in Chisholm, I I guess I revealed this to you. Um Tony Parker has something to do with the Thunder in their history and it mainly deals with it's probably why Sam Presti is here. Sam Presti was hired as the Sonics uh GM uh back in 2006 or 2007 some offseason back then primarily because he's the guy who has been uh, I guess lauded for Discovering and convincing the Spurs to draft Tony Parker, which helped, no pun intended, spur on their dynasty. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. That was totally interesting. I know, I know. I thought it, right? Right. You were going to laugh right when I knew when I was going to set it. But, um, yeah, Tony Parker done. And it's just the NBA that you and I grew up with, Chisholm, is just with every every minute is just disintegrating before our eyes. I mean, Dwayne Wade has already retired and that was sad for me. Um, Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili last season, uh, Tim Duncan two years prior, uh, it's gone now. That NBA that we grew up with in the 90s, early 2000s, it's now run by a bunch of millennials who want to s- jump whoa. teams every two two minutes.
0: Vince Carter still, still... He is buckets. still breathing. Still getting buckets. <laughs> uh, Tony obviously spent 17 years for the Spurs one season with the Charlotte Hornets. Does that do anything for you, the tainted... One year at Charlotte.
1: Mm-hmm. Not, Does it eh. bother you? No, get money.
0: Yeah, so I don't care if he, you, you know, do what you do. I feel like it's, it's okay to say, though, like, the story would have been really cool if Manu, Tim, and Tony had spent their entire careers. And I know saying it makes it sound like Tony only spent one year at Charlotte. It's not like he was gone for seven years, but it's just... Yeah. It would have been a cool story to say those three guys spent their whole time with one franchise together.
1: Yeah, I mean, people have already kind of written the fantasy story in their heads about Kevin Durant's future, like right. whether he ever returns to Oklahoma City. Um, there are some people on Twitter that wholeheartedly believe he's coming back this offseason, um, even though the New York Knicks writing is all over the wall. Um, but if he comes back in like a farewell tour type of, role at the end of his career just to basically patch things up because the Thunder in Oklahoma city are still going to be very much a part of his legacy. He spent the majority of his career there and the way that his career is going, he's probably going to spend the longest time with one team with the Thunder. Um, yeah, if, if that happens, it, it's not, I, I don't think it does anything bad to a legacy. If you jump teams, if you, um, well, now that I say that, I just realized I was talking about Kevin Durant and that ruined his legacy. So, um, But when you talk about Vince Carter, it's not that big of a deal. You can remember him however you want to remember him. Maver- Mavericks fans will remember him for hitting a game winner in the playoffs. Raptors fans will remember him as you know Vince Sanity. Um, Hawks fans will remember him as the guy who's helped Trey Young Learn how to be a professional basketball player. So who cares? Who cares? Indeed.
0: All right. Other breaking news from this afternoon: Um, Adrian or Adrian Griffin, not the not the coach, David Griffin, the president of basketball operations for the New Orleans Pelicans. Um,
1: I from Adrian Wojnarowski. Yeah, there we go.
0: Had a conversation, gave some information to however you want to phrase it to Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, And basically saying that Anthony Davis is available, they're hearing trade calls, he listed a handful of teams that have inquired about um, Anthony Davis, those being the Clippers, the Lakers, the Knicks, and the Nets. Those Celtics were not in that list. Um, Apparently they are waiting to find out for sure what's going on with Kyrie Irving. Um, But what they've kind of said is if this Anthony Davis deal is going to happen, it's not going to just be... One. The Pelicans and the Lakers, or the Pelicans and the Clippers, it's going to be a combination of teams because they want more than what any single team has to offer, or they want different things than every any single team has to offer. Um, you basically told me it outlines the fact that they want two first-round picks, they want a young rookie who has a lot of talent, who could be an all-star, and they want an all-star. Um, now, sitting here, you and I talked a little bit before we got started. And I said that deal sounds impossible because what team has those things that would move it? I guess technically the Nets have D'Angelo Russell, who made an All Star team. They could do a sign and trade where he could be a long term fit for the Pelicans. They have Karis Lavert, who a lot of people were very high on.
1: Would have been probably most improved player had he not got hurt this season. Yeah, um, would have been in the running at least.
0: And <clears throat> I don't know if you would. I don't know if I think he's ever going to be an All Star, but he's in the ballpark. Um and then obviously first round picks, um, which they just gave up two to get rid of Alan Crabb. Um, so, I it, mean, it gets a little bit more difficult. But I guess the Nets are, as out of those four teams listed, they're the closest yeah. to having that checklist.
1: I think that that young player that could potentially be an all star, you talk to teams, you talk to players around the league and coaches, um, they, they value players that may not on paper become all stars. So you think of like Thunderwise, you think of a guy like Stephen Adams. Opposing coaches, opposing players—they treat him like he is an all-star because in the Thunder system, what he does offensively, what he does defensively, and how talented he is—he's that type of player. So, yeah, in this hypothetical trade, it's it's going to be really interesting to see like what David Griffin's like, what what his cutoff is. Because like I agree, I don't know if Karis LeVert's ever going to be an all-star, but on a good team, like if he stays with the Nets, if he becomes like a six-man, he's going to be a guy that is a. He's a game changer for, for for whatever franchise he plays for. So, um, I think in the report, it says the better, the all-star player that is involved in this trade, the, the less stringent that the draft picks or the up and coming all-star young player, you know, the less stringent that Griffin would be on that. So it just really depends with the nets. I don't know if D'Angelo Russell is that type of all-star that, um, like, okay, it doesn't have to be a top five lottery pick. It doesn't have to be this. I think with a D'Angelo Russell, it'd be two high picks and a really good up and coming player. So I don't know if they have that package, but you and I kind of joked about there is there's a team out there that has all this. There is. On paper. It's
0: very loosely based off their definition of all star. <laughs> so hear me out.
1: And we're looking at him right now in your room. We He's are. got a picture looking right at us. Uh,
0: two first round picks. A lot of teams have them. John Collins, up and coming, <laughs> had a lot of fun. Vince Carter has made a lot of all-star teams. Yep, there you go. But I think technically he's a free agent. but <sighs> Or player option, I'm not sure.
1: Oh, man. It'd just be fun to see Trey Young throwing lobs to Anthony Davis. Yeah, a boy can dream.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> but the Anthony Davis stuff is going to be a whole lot of fun um, to kind of watch unfold this summer. It looks, even though immediately after the lottery, when they won Zion Williamson, it looked like, the Pelicans are going to hold on to him at least till February. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Supposedly be Griffin and uh, and uh, Davis sat down and had a conversation along, his day, uh, along with Davis's agent, and it wasn't exactly a sparkling recommendation of what they thought the team was going to be going. Uh, but I have some trades.
1: Let's do this. Let's, have, let's do some hypotheticals.
0: Yeah, you told me to come up with trades, and these are all hilarious. I love it. I them. Who says no? Who says no? Uh, all right, so. I'm just going to name an individual team, what they get and what they send, so it's a little bit easier to keep track of here. Because all of these are like three-way traits, because it's going to be tough to meet the requirements that the uh, Pelicans have set. Who doesn't like a good three-way? Okay. (laughs) You've been hanging out with Jerry way too much. Uh, The Brooklyn Nets receive Anthony Davis. So far, so good. That sounds good. Okay. Yeah, they would love that. Mm -hmm. Just just the end of sentence, that would be great. Uh, They send out Karis LeVert, D'Angelo Russell, and Jarrett Allen. As well as two first round picks, the uh, 27th pick that they still have, and then a 2021 first round pick. So, Karis LeVert, D'Angelo Russell, this year's 27th pick, and a first rounder in 2021 with Jared Allen for Anthony Davis. That doesn't sound bad.
1: That doesn't sound bad at all. Uh, my my question, like I just said earlier, was: Are those players good enough? Wait, for, wait, wait. That's not all. The okay, Pelicans getting Okay, get okay.
0: That's as far as Brooklyn. What they're You're sending right. and what they're receiving. You're right. That's it. Keep going. Okay.
1: I like it so far, then.
0: All right. Uh, well, this is going to try to decide how I want to leave people on a cliffhanger. <laughs> I'll do it this way. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder received Drew Holiday and Jarrett Allen.
1: Thunder fans are like, yes! Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Drew Holiday, Jarrett Allen come into the Oklahoma City Thunder. They send out Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, and the 21st overall pick. So here's what the Pelicans are getting for Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, the only two things that they are trading in this trade. They are getting Stephen Adams, Karis Levert, uh, Dennis Schroeder, D'Angelo Russell, and
1: three first-round picks. That is pretty damn good. That is pretty damn good. I think it because re- That's a playoff team.
0: Yeah, that's basically like... that. Just puts, That's a playoff team in the West. That puts a starting lineup around Zion Williamson because you start Schroeder, Russell, Levert, Zion, Stephen, I assume. Yeah. Um... You probably play a little small Karis at the three, but they could do it. Um, That's basically a a starting five to put around Zion that is all under 25 years old.
1: Yeah, um, but in a weird way, I feel like that that in this hypothetical trade scenario for New Orleans... Their foundation is set and then they also don't have the flexibility. So like the, the dream scenario is to like pull off some deal like Boston where you get a good foundation, a good young core, but then also retain a lot of flexibility to either get high draft picks for years on, like two or three years down the road as well. I don't really sense that with this with this potential trade.
0: No, because you're locking yourself in with Steven Adams for a handful of years. Obviously, Karis Levert. And D'Angelo Russell, the D'Angelo Russell would have to be a sign in trade. So you assume there'd be a four or five year contract. It's, it's just depends on what their outlook is on uh, Dennis Schroeder and Steven Adams.
1: It's funny. Like out of those three teams, I feel like the thunder would come away with the, the better deal.
0: Oh, absolutely. Trading Steven, basically trading Steven for J for you get off that
1: contract. You get off that contract and we're only viewing Steven in this trade as his contract number. We, we both both of you both you and i know steven adams is a great player i don't think he's going to be traded at all right. i'd be very surprised but um if they just have to give up the 21st pick which is eh dennis schroeder who is a fine player but he's movable steven adams who i believe is plateaued in his career and you get drew holiday and jared allen and jared allen a, jared a, a, a good a young center fit for the modern NBA yeah a good young center who has a badass afro Bring the Afro to Oklahoma City. Uh, Another UT uh, alum. So uh, UT alums have had success in the Oklahoma City organization. So yeah, I I feel like the Thunder would come away the winners of that trade. Yeah, and you'd also
0: shed $14 million. Exactly. Which is More
1: flexibility. And that's kind of the whole point of these transactions. So your NBA hipster would say, actually, the Thunder came away as the winner of this trade. So.
0: That does sound like them. (laughs) That does sound like those people uh okay
1: they are trying to find other anthony davis trades i found anthony davis trades very hard okay well that's going to be like kind of the the draw you in the headline grabber of like chisholm just found out a trade that involves anthony davis and the oklahoma city thunder eye emoji yeah listen to the podcast
0: yeah okay
1: here's another one for you uh
0: all right the uh los angeles clippers receive anthony davis and drew holiday
1: Los Angeles Clippers, Drew Holiday, and...
0: They get Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. Mm. They send out Jerome Robinson, which is the first-round pick they took after Shea Gilchrist-Alexandra last year, Uh, Landry Shamit, Lou Williams and Danny Gallinari.
1: Poor Lou Williams. Just keeps getting moved. And a first-round
0: pick. (laughs) So, two young players, a first-round pick, and then two veterans. Obviously, Lou Williams' contract. He's older, but... If he can vaguely hold up on this level, it's a heck of a deal. Yep. Um, So, Lou Williams. The uh, Oklahoma City Thunder send out Stephen Adams, Dennis Schroeder, the 21st overall pick. They receive Lou Williams, Danny Gallinari. Now, this saves you less money, uh, but you're sending out 42. You're bringing in 29.
1: That somehow saves the Thunder money. It, It feels like it shouldn't
0: that's okay yeah I mean, but i it also is Stephen, I, how about this if you really want to get sad steven adams salary is three million dollars less than danny gallinari and lou williams added together
1: <laughs> um not only is that i mean that's it's not really surprising since we both kind of understand the numbers but it, it's probably surprising to the casual listener um but man that is not a good deal for the thunder can you imagine lou williams on this team with with russell and paul george he would Unless it's just a complete, like, all right, you go in oh, with this platoon be, of players.
0: Yeah, I think I think the Thunder would go a little bit more to the James Harden thing, where Russell and Paul come off the floor together and come mm-hmm. onto the floor together. Yeah. And for, like, 16 minutes or 18 minutes a game, it's the Lou Williams
1: yeah. show. And then Gallinari does not fit in this team identity at all. Up and down, quick, fast-paced. He's a half-court player, yeah. and you never know what you're going to get with him in a, in a single year His health with his health. So... Eh, not not as good of a trade on, from the Thunder perspective on this. Uh, I mean, as opposed to the first one. First one you had was dynamite. You think so? You should have just ended with that. Okay, okay. I start. I, I shot my best share trade off first. <laughs> uh, okay, I don't have any
0: more Thunder Anthony Davis trades, but I have two more just regular Thunder
1: trades. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Okay. As I sip this water. All right. So
0: there's been rumors. Los Angeles Lakers trading Lonzo Ball to the Chicago Bulls for the number 6 overall, the number 7 overall pick. So, I am uh, basing this off of that. Mm-hmm. The Bulls get Lonzo Ball, Andre Robertson, and the 21st overall pick. The Lakers get Dennis Schröder and the number 7 pick. The Thunder get Chris Dunn, Denzel Valentine, and Josh Hart. This one again, this one's only going to save the uh, it's actually going to be about $16 million. Six,
1: Okay. Oh, Thunder Mob on Twitter, not for Hoops Habit, he wrote about three potential trades. This is one of them, but it didn't include Josh Hart. I um, love Josh Hart on a like, personal level. I like Josh Hart. Um, I like him as a player. Um, I didn't like, uh, of the three trades that he mentioned in his article, I uh, didn't like this one particularly for either side. <laughs> Um, it's just because I've never thought that much about Chris Dunn. I, I completely understand where he went with it and how Chris Dunn kind of fits the mold of a Presti player, especially a former lottery pick that he'll pick up a few years later on a cheap deal that hasn't ex- ex- exactly reached his potential. Um, I get that. Denzel Valentine, he's a he's good shooter, what, 37%?
0: Yeah, he's one of those guys who came into the NBA with no knee cartilage. And so, like, it's just like we know his career is going to end early. We just have no idea when it's going to be. Uh, if you remember, uh, Brandon Roy had the exact same thing. Yeah. Like everyone's Everyone knew Brandon Roy's career was going to end not at 35. It was going to end earlier. It just didn't know, is it going to be 22 or is it going to be 20? Like, no one knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denzel Valentine's got a little bit of that same thing with him.
1: Yeah, but um, like I said, I didn't really like that trade for the Thunder, um, hypothetically. Um, having Josh Hart added to it doesn't really do that much. Oh man. I love Josh Hart.
0: I I, I love Josh. Hart. I just,
1: again, I just don't know how much further the thunder can get with like their foundational players being older, getting into their thirties and then still having like just an uneven, unbalanced age, age group of your team. Especially if Josh, if Josh Hart's on this team, he's a third or fourth option, um, just being younger. I just don't know if the Thunder... They're set to win now, and depending on a young guy to play big minutes, to play big moments in big games, especially after he's played with the Lakers, and he's going to be... These are all going to be new Wait, things. Wait, the Lakers haven't played big moments? I've got, I mean, they've been on TV a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've been written that's about pretty, a lot. That's a pretty good summation of the um, team, really. They've been on TV a lot. They've been on TV a lot. Front but office included. I just don't know if the Thunder can afford to have a young player be depended on for so many big moments. Cause it's, it's just really easy to see that if that's the the situation they're in, that a player like Josh Hart could disappoint in that situation. Cause you just think about a lot of great all-star players that their first uh, playoff experiences, not named Donovan Mitchell. Um, Victor Oladipo was terrible in his first playoff experience. Uh, James Harden, once he got to the big stage, uh, was good in some moments, uh, early on in the playoffs, then was terrible in the finals. Right. Um, it, it happened, so I, I just, I don't know. I, mean, yeah, I I know you're a Bulls fan, so you're a little bit more familiar with it. Oh, Antine. I hate
0: Lonzo Ball. I did not do that for the Bulls. <laughs> I'm so out on that trade for the Bulls. Um,
1: Yeah, LeVar Ball. you yeah, can really what, hate on Michael Jordan.
0: I get what you're saying. I just think, on some level, the Thunder, and this trade doesn't necessarily address that, usually people hate the... I trade one guy and get four guys back. Like in fantasy, like this is the worst thing you can do for your fantasy football team. Like mm. you never want to trade your best player for four normal guys. I think the Thunder can afford to do that. Like their depth is just so bad sometimes, and just it feels like they just have nobody to throw out there. And now if Deontay Burton gets a whole lot better, and obviously Andre Robertson missing a lot of time, so it's just the idea of trading like Dennis Schroeder and getting back three young guys who would play in the rotation. I don't know if those three guys make sense, but that concept.
1: Yeah, that that that's that's a really good... That's what you ideally want to look for, I guess, if you're Sam Presti and you're giving away Dennis Schroeder, who is, like I said, a fine player, and he really helped the Thunder win a lot of games this year. Um, you want to get more than one player that you can depend on. And like after watching these finals, it's really apparent that teams with more dependable players are p- probably more successful. I mean, Golden State, as great as they are... They have less dependable players since Kevin Durant isn't playing, and I don't know if you just saw this. Um, NBCS reports that Kevin Durant is going to play tonight. He's Shocker. To dive, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, uh, without Kevin Durant, they have less dependable players, and then you look at Toronto's roster, and they, you just go through it. He can play both ways. He can play both ways. He can hit shots. He can hit shots. He can handle the ball. Just a lot of dependability. The Thunder don't have that, and that's why they're kind of a perennial first-round uh, exit at this point. Uh,
0: yeah, I just there, I'm was looking for the tweet that you're talking about, and I found this one instead. Uh, someone in the note told me that Tyler Hero blew away the Celtics in his workout this morning, finished workout having made 80 of 100 three-point attempts. From all accounts, Hero seems to be picking up a lot of positive buzz throughout the draft process.
1: 80 of 100?
0: I think I'm going to go ahead and cross off Tyler Hero, making it to 21.
1: Uh, was that 80 of 100 free throws or three-pointers? Three-pointers
0: is what it said. Shh.
1: Buddy Heald hit 97 of 100 again. In his Boston Celtics uh, workout, you remember that?
0: I do. He, <laughs> I do. I didn't <laughs> Who cares.
1: I, Who cares about those little? I bi- just
0: did. When I still hear that story, I still don't know if I think it's true. And I know people have told it. I just can't imagine that happening in real life.
1: Yeah, because at some it's point, it's like
0: when someone tells me someone is eight foot, like the tallest man in the world right now, is like eight foot two. I'm like, I'm sure that's true, but I don't believe it.
1: Especially like, how long does it take an NBA player to shoot a 3 pointers in an open gym? Like that has to take twenty minutes anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes 15 20 minutes at some point I he's not like launching them quickly at even. some point you start to think about it and the moment you think about it miss right and that's why you're probably good for about 15 or 20 misses like a Tyler here who's a good who's a good shooter but buddy Healed 97 of 100 boomer yep. sooner buddy boomer freaking sooner all
0: right kevin durant returning for the finals what does that do for you tonight with game 5
1: um i'm i'm super excited i mean for kevin durant the question is going to be is he is he going to be able to do all the things that he can normally do health wise. And then you've got to throw into the fact that he hasn't played basketball in what, almost a month. feels like it's almost been a month. So there's going to be so much that Golden State has to learn on the fly. You know, like, all right, he's back out here. Here's how the ball swings around. This is where he likes to get the ball in spots. Um, All that goes into play. And then you've got to remember that Kawhi Leonard is playing at such a level He's going to be defending Kevin Durant, who may or may not be 80%, 90%, 100%, who knows. Um, But as a fan of basketball, and I know Thunder fans listening to this podcast will just kill me and hate me for saying this, I don't want basketball to end tonight. I don't want want it to end. I want to keep watching these two teams play. Um, It's been Toronto domination thus far, but these are two really good teams. So I hope Kevin Durant plays well enough to lift Golden State up for at least a game six. And what happens in that? I don't care. Toronto can win. Golden State can win. I don't care. But oh my god, is this potentially building itself up to be something where Kevin Durant comes back? Golden State wins three games, and Kevin Durant gets another Finals MVP after just like, oh yeah, I'm here. I'm fine. Let's do this.
0: Yeah, I'll be interested interested to see how he looks tonight. I was really skeptical about Clay coming back, and then Clay, Clay and he was fine. Right in Game yeah. Four,
1: six of ten. He he. He looked like he had a better bounce than he did prior to the injury. Yeah, he, he was just moving around a lot more fluidly.
0: Yeah, I don't know what. I'm sure he was on some painkillers or something to help with the hamstring. <laughs> but good lord, happy great. pills. So if Kevin comes out and looks like that, I mean Toronto very well easily could be in trouble right now. Just in case you're curious, Kevin Durant Finals MVP ten thousand to one, uh, ten thousand for a hundred dollar bet. So basically a thousand to one.
1: <laughs>
0: bet a dollar, win a thousand if he wins the finals. It's not a bad bet. No, I threw a fiver on it last night. <laughs> just just in case
1: So who are you rooting for tonight? <laughs> Toronto
0: I want this to be over Okay I would, Not the series I'd be, I want the series to be over But I'm saying like, I want the Golden State Inevitability era To be over I'm, I'm ready for basketball For us all summer To do the free agency thing To do the draft thing And then game one starts And no one knows Who's going to win the title Like us be like It's going to be one of these Eight teams Or yeah. one of these four teams Or one of these three teams But not It's Golden State Like I, I'm over that
1: We'll ask you this because I kind of I mentioned earlier about well, who knows if Kevin Durant's going to be healthy or what level of plays he ever going to be able to do. I think it helps Steph Curry just a ton that he's just going to be out there. Toronto's not going to be able to send as many guys his way to basically try to beat him up, do everything that every team at this at this stage tries to do to Steph Curry. I mean, he was exhausted in the second half of Game Four after playing his ass off in Game Three and dropping what, forty-seven points. Um, if that, if that's all it does, Kevin Durant being on the floor helps out Steph Curry, that could be enough for the Warriors just to eke out a win tonight on the road. And it might not be able to be enough for them to sustain it and then win a game six or a potential game seven. Um, Kevin Durant has to be near hundred percent for a, a three, one comeback to occur. I think he can't just be simply standing out there. I mean, that that's good enough for maybe a half. That's good enough for maybe a game, but not. Three, two more after tonight.
0: Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I put too much stock into the the Toronto Raptors thing, but I do feel like if there was a team that like if the snowball started rolling the wrong direction, it, who would really get in their heads? It's ter- I feel like it's Toronto. Yeah. Now, granted, like Marc Gasol wasn't there during all that, so what does he care? You know, like. Pascal Siakam just got drafted a couple of years ago, so it's not like he was there during all this. Fred this-
1: Van Vliet was I mean, I mean I talked to Patrick Patterson last week. He was a rookie in Patterson's last season with the Raptors and uh was in the G League half the time. So yeah, the, Toronto, the city of Toronto and its fans are fully aware of like what could happen. They they've seen heartbreak, you know, year after year with LeBron James. But this is a I, I've never seen this Raptors team as in like anything resembling Those teams in the past
0: Yeah 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 I get that I mean and obviously
1: And I've always liked Kyle Lowry They
0: were down two zero.
1: Then you were like In the minority
0: on that one People really just like To like not like Kyle Lowry
1: I mean when your Second best guy Cannot shoot a three At all Like DeMar DeRozan Like if that's your Number two guy Or your number one guy And you're the number two I Your ceiling is just First off Jonas
0: Valanciunas Did not like that You forgot that he was The number one guy
1: (laughs) Your ceiling is not the roof in that in that instance. The ceiling is always the roof. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the funnels will be interesting though. Either way, um, for a lot of different reasons, but should potentially be wrapped up by at least this weekend at the latest, one more week at most.
1: Yeah, well, at least one more week of basketball, and then we get to a little bit more of a deep dive onto the draft and get ready for that on the twentieth or whenever the draft is like twentieth. Dates and days just kind uh, of, nope. they're all. It's pretty. actually
0: not that bad this year because it's pretty easy because the draft is the 20th and free agency starts the 30th. So you don't know, just 26th. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just easy to remember. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. You mentioned the draft. We are going to try to do a couple of uh, draft prospects every podcast. And you looked at my favorite guy in the draft Nicole Alexander. That's not like an obvious pick. That's not me saying I like him better than Zion. <laughs> I feel I'll like take. I should. Cl- I, I just people get on you so i feel like i should clarify
1: hot take he's my
0: favorite uh not top five pick in the draft
1: well there you go uh yeah nikhil or nick nickel you say he's, is his name actually nickel
0: I, no it's nikhil alexander nikhil
1: walker. okay i was i was trying to find a clip of somebody saying his name on youtube and i couldn't find anything oh, okay so nikhil alexander walker the guard out of virginia tech really tall six six it's got a near seven foot wingspan about six nine six ten 6'10. Um, has a body type that you could definitely see when he gets to the NBA, because he's young. um, When he gets to the NBA, he's going to put on the weight, he's going to put on the muscle, and he'll grow into that really long frame of his and be a kind of an Evan Turner, Malcolm Brogdon type body at the guard position. So um, he comes into the league, um, obviously with the reputation of being a really good spot-up shooter. And I emphasize spot-up shooter because, in a way, his jump shot is pretty. Because it's really fluid, but man, does it take a little bit of time to develop? Because it's kind of a, I don't even know, like a catapult type where he puts the ball over his head. So it's like a slingshot. Yeah, a slingshot. Um, so off the dribble is going to take some time because that you you pull off off the dribble and try to shoot that, you're going to get your shot blocked in the NBA. So he's going to have to work on his release a little bit. But you know, coming as a rookie, he can be a guy that can stand in the corner, give him a sh- give him ball, and you should be able to depend on him to knock it down at some point. Um, but if he's able to grow into his body, like I said earlier, he's a guy that could probably develop post game because uh, his dribble, his handle, his athleticism is a little bit lacking considering his size. And because of that, like the point of the point of this whole thing was you were like lauded him a lot last week. Um, if he's available at 21 and I told you before we went on, I don't think he will be available. Me either. I don't think Tyler Hero will be available at 21, like you just said earlier about the Boston thing. Um, if he's available, because he's so one-trick pony-ish at this point, the only time the Thunder ever drafts somebody that's a one-trick pony is if they're good defensively. I don't see the defense with him just yet because of those things I mentioned um, because what keeps a rookie off the floor? Their inability to defend or if they foul a lot that keeps you off the floor and because he can only shoot if he's available i don't see the the thunder taking him. if they keep their pick that is of course
0: well i mean they're trading it for anthony
1: davis oh yeah and you made it happen thank you hopefully sam pressy listens to this podcast because he's probably like didn't think of that chisholm dynamite dynamite (laughs) chisholm holland
0: uh yeah i get what you're saying um I just like his upside a whole lot, and maybe I'm buying too much into that he's Shea Gildress' cousin, and Shea was so good um, his rookie year, and like the first month of Shea's rookie year versus the last month of Shea's rookie year, it's just two totally different players, um, and I see a lot of those same qualities with him. He's just got so much upside, and like what he could be long term for this team, and I think he's going to be a steal. Whoever takes him, yeah, and I mean, it, he strikes me as one again, of those guys who's like Shea last year was. I think originally ranked like 27th, like when the summer started and yeah. then the draft rolls around and gets taken 14th I think I think the kill's gonna be one of those guys too
1: again it's so hard like especially you know the NFL draft was a month and a half ago or so the NFL dra- football draft and basketball draft are two completely different things like, it's really easy to see what a team who a team will draft if you're in the NFL they need a left tackle they'll go after the best left tackle at that spot they need a, a slot guy they'll go after the best slot guy
0: you need a quarterback you go after Daniel Jones
1: <laughs> You need a Duke superstar and you're in New York. You get Daniel (laughs) Daniel Jones Jones. and not Zion Williamson. Um, In basketball, it's different because, yes, there is the philosophy of drafting the best available player, and Sam Presti has made his career on that. He drafted the best available player early on with the Thunder and got Kevin Durant, uh, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. A lot of people didn't think the Russell Westbrook and James Harden picks were good at the time. And he got the best available player, and look what it's brought the Thunder. Um, you can do that. You can draft skill. Some some franchises value like the money ball aspect, which you kind of talked about last week. Um, this guy's a good shooter. We need shooting. Draft him. So it's really hard to predict and prognosticate what a GM, what a team wants because the Thunder needs shooting. If they valued the money ball aspect, they would go after a Tyler Hero or Nikhil Alexander. Um, so it, it just really depends like A are the Thunder going to keep the pick which according to you know because they're going to get <laughs> Anthony Davis B if they do do they understand that shooting is so important that they just need to kind of throw away their old philosophy for a bit and get a good shooter like, like these two guys we mentioned or are they just going to continue doing what they do if they keep the draft pick and just get a guy that is talented in a few other areas and not just really good at one thing
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, And the Thunder are definitely always looking for flexibility in a lot of different ways. I didn't know if you'd found anybody else. Anybody else this week that you've looked at that you've
1: put your eye on? Casey Okpala looks like a... a hell of a name. Yeah, uh, he's a guy kind of like Matisse Theibel that kind of fits into that Sam Presti mold. Um, Out of those two, I would go Matisse Theibel all the way. Matisse Theibel... Is a guy that I think is going to be an impact player as a rookie. I, he's not going to win rookie of the year. He's not going to move the needle so much of a uh, in so much of a way that puts a team over the top. But he's going to be a guy I think that um, teams game planned against him because of his defense, and that to me is I think a very good thing to look for in his scouting report. But compared, um, KZ Akpala compared to him. KZ Paula is just, and maybe it's because he's from Stanford, is just another Josh Eustis. He's very athletic. He's, he's from an, Montana. He, he, you are kidding. Is he from Montana? No, no, no. I'm asking. Oh no, I have no idea. I don't okay. know where he's actually from. I was about. To <laughs> that was say. my favorite. That
0: was my favorite fact about Shout out Josh Eustis. He's from like who the hell is from Montana?
1: Beautiful state, by the way. He's from Indiana. Um. Okay, but he's an above the rim athlete, and whenever you see that. As the first sentence, it usually is followed by he needs to work on his jump shot, he needs to work on his shot overall. And his shot isn't broken like an Andre Robertson. But Josh Eustace's shot wasn't broken. It wasn't fine. He just wasn't very good at it. And Casey kind of has that. He fits that same mold. So um, if the Thunder keep their draft pick and Matisse is gone, some other guys that are gone that we've mentioned before, and they don't want to just get a one-trick pony shooter guard um, KZ Akpalo is a guy that I could see Sam Pressy taking a flyer on And it would just burn down Thunder Twitter If that happens Casey
0: Akpalo What Taco Fall I'm trying to find Akpalo on this list Taco Fall is a second round
1: guy man Taco <laughs> Fall is gonna, hopefully going to go undrafted. draft it Yeah I could see that happening I
0: hope no one's wasting draft I've made a lot of Taco Fall jokes About the Thunder should take Taco Fall at 21 Because it'd be hilarious But that's why because I want the story. I don't actually care if the team's any good.
1: We want Taco Tuesday. That's what we want.
0: God, all everywhere would have Taco Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Every taco shop. They'd have to. I, oh, man. It's like, <laughs> we have Hertz. Jalen Hurts, and Hertz Donuts. Writes itself. Oh, my gosh. There's just so many layers to this. So many layers. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and uh, I asked for questions on Twitter. We got a couple. So we'll bla- blaze through those. We'll trailblaze through those. We'll tra- uh, we We don't. You don't cover the trailblazers. Oh. Um, And then uh, we'll get up on on, out of here. Let's do it. Uh, All right. Would you have predicted when acquired potential one-year services for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard that the Raptors would reach such a great reward? I get the East is an easier path, but I honestly didn't see Toronto making the East Finals, and I thought the Thunder had a good chance in the West. So uh, did I see the Raptors making the Finals? No. No, but I'm also – like I just said, I've also – I I think that reputation matters. And, like, the Raptors' reputation up into the season is that, yeah, they just choke. And Kyle Lowry was kind of a part of that on some level. Like, his, like, 2016 against the Miami Heat was, like, the most egregious playoff choking I've ever seen in my life. So, like, I just thought eventually that would catch up to him. It did not this year, and that's to their credit. So I did not see them making the finals by any stretch. Um, I don't know. If, you said you did. You picked them before the year.
1: Um. Yeah. Like right after the trade went down, uh, John, Ham, Jerry, Ramsey, and I, we all kind of agreed that this was about the best move Toronto could make because it. You you tell your fan base we're going all in on this year with a team that's already been deep into the postseason. Who knows? Maybe Kawhi is the missing piece here. And if it doesn't work out, if you don't reach the finals for whatever reason, or if you lose in the finals and Kawhi leaves, then you're just inherently already set up for the rebuild. So right. I think it was the best way possible for Toronto fans to be excited and involved in this team this season, and then moving forward for Toronto um, after this season. Uh, so it would, in that respect, I didn't think Milwaukee was going to be as good as they were in the regular season. But at the time I thought, yeah, Tor- I would not be surprised if Toronto reached the finals. So with the team that they had already, um, I was excited like everybody else about Pascal Siakam's development. Um, everyone Fred, with a Twitter account Fred Van Vliet's uh, jump in the postseason I did not see but they just like I said they've got a lot of guys you can depend on to play well and even before the Gasol trade you know, Valanciunas was a guy that I, I liked I liked he knew what he was he didn't do anything out, that much outside of it he would shoot the occasional three so I, I liked what they did um, but during the season I was like wow Milwaukee has just taken a step that I didn't even see so Um, That's because those steps are so long with (laughs) you. But but then as the season and the postseason kind of wore along, Toronto, you know, did their thing like they should have done on paper. And with, you know, kind of what this question is kind of alluding to, you know, Kawhi Leonard going there, uh, basically due to the fact that the Thunder took a flyer on Paul George on his last year and were able to keep him. I think, I thought when the trade went down with Kawhi, Toronto had a much better, I thought, had a better overall balance team than the Thunder did when they required Paul George. I think the Thunder have a higher ceiling uh, in terms of their star power, but in terms of their team trajectory, Toronto had a much better team in place when they acquired Kawhi.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, interesting conversation. I assume that you and I agree on this one. If... it's a big if, um, especially if Kevin's coming back tonight. If... Toronto wins a title Are these one year rentals Going to be more popular
1: I mean yeah That's kind of the big It's like best case That's the big question here Um,
0: Yeah I think if Toronto wins the title Obviously all the Toronto Raptors fans Will be pumping their fists Do you know who else I think will be pumping their fists The Pelicans fans Yeah Because all of a sudden I think the trade market For Anthony Davis Just explodes I think everyone thinks that they can be the next Paul George. They can have the next Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I think it's just be, it's just gonna be and wrongly. I think that's the wrong like that's not, that doesn't work for everybody. But I feel like everyone will think they can.
1: Yeah, I tweeted out a few weeks ago that it's possibly the worst thing that could have happened to small market GMs because it gives them a hope. But you you can't just be you can't just be small market team and then get an Anthony Davis, you have to have or a Quile Leonard or a Paul George. You have to have a team in place to help win games because they're not going to stay in small market if you're not going to a win games, compete for titles, um, put them in a position like a Paul George to reach a level of their play that they didn't even think that they hadn't reached at that point. I, I don't think I would ever thought Paul George would be in the MVP conversation after his Indiana Pacer days. So, so many factors have to go into it other than just being a small market team willing to take a flyer on a one-year rental basically right so it can be a good thing can be a bad thing and then for the gm trading out the player um fortunately for these past two teams indiana and san antonio both sides have come out relatively successful this could happen and be such a pr hit on you as an organization that other players when they play for you may not feel comfortable playing in your organization you traded away so and so how could you do that and it ended terribly for them, for him, for the team he went to, and for you. So, right. so a lot of bad things can happen. It's a very sensitive subject, I guess, for GMs.
0: Absolutely. All right, last one before we get out of here. This is from Julius Wreck. W-R-E-K. Rec? Rook. Yep, we're going to say Rec. Rec. Julius Wreck. Even if the Thunder swore life acquire... Uh, I think this is a mistype. Even if the Thunder did acquire, he corrected himself, even if the Thunder did acquire shooting, are they going to move the ball enough to keep them involved in offense? The Thunder with KD were consistently at the bottom of the league in passes per game. Is Russ going to move off the ball? No. No, they're not going to acquire shooting. No, they didn't, weren't Russ. at the bottom of the league with Kevin Durant. Or no, Russ is not going to move off the ball.
1: Russ is not going to move off the ball. Russ will move he off- has to have such a coming-to-Jesus moment this offseason or the following off season for that to happen. And at that point, where's his athleticism at? Does it even matter? But yeah. I, I just, I think we've seen enough of Russell Westbrook to understand that he might do it occasionally. He's not going to do it consistently. And he's not going to do it when it truly matters because when it truly matters on that big stage, he wants it to be kind of his way and more power to him. You want your best player to kind of make it, a thing where he has to do it not the entire time and not everything you have paul george but he wasn't healthy in this postseason so you want your guy to do that but to also understand that it is it is a team game it is a team game indeed uh i agree with you
0: now if the thunder got more shooting is there a way they could utilize it absolutely um the thing that i i feel like people forget is there's 48 minutes in a game and russell Lesberg doesn't play every single one of them the Thunder, at one point in time, actually had a really great weave and woe to their offense as far as Russell Kevin on the floor would play one way. James Harden and Nick Collison come on the floor would play a totally different way. And that worked for two years. Um, and I, I think that style of play can be copy and pasted. Now, that doesn't help you a whole lot in the regulars or in the postseason, but that's huge in the postseason, or in the regular I'm going to start the whole sentence over. <laughs> it doesn't help you a whole lot in the postseason because bench play doesn't matter as much. You're not playing all bench lineups near as much in the postseason. In the regular season, that could be a huge difference maker. So I think if you can get shooters who can move off the ball, and just because Russ doesn't utilize them as how you see fit or how we or Thunder Twitter or NBA Twitter sees fit, that doesn't mean they can't be utilized in the 12 minutes that he's off the floor. I think they could still put an offense around those guys and utilize them correctly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing for the Thunder is – it's kind of what they did back in the KD Rust days is just they overwhelmed teams with their talent. Their high end guys on their roster were so talented that it made up for the fact that they're probably not as well constructed as the team that they're playing. They're probably not as balanced or have as many dependable guys, as I've been saying, um, than the team that they're playing in the postseason. So you go back to like the Spurs, like those Spurs teams had probably more guys you could depend on than the Thunder did, but. Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams, Ennis Kanter—those high-end guys were just better than San Antonio. So, um,
0: don't I think you dare smudged Tim Duncan.
1: Not it, not Tony at, Parker. He just retired. Not at age forty. <laughs> um, so, I, I think, like for the Thunder, and this is just philosophically, they they can still make a postseason run if they don't get this. They need to get a, another high-end third guy. And I don't think that's going to be Steven Adams. It's not Dennis Schroeder. So if it's you know, and that whole trade was just fun, hypothetical stuff. But if they're able to get a player at the level of a Drew Holiday, I think that that's their that's their road to success in the postseason is just overwhelming teams with um talent because They're not going to play the beautiful game. They're not going to pass, swing the ball around with Russell Westbrook, and that's fine. They can have a lot of success with Russell Westbrook as the guy and Paul George there and a hypothetical third man. Um, They can have a lot of success that way. They don't have to play the Spurs way or the Golden State or Toronto's way. They can play their own way, but for them to do that, they can't have Russ and Paul and then try and find like a Wes Matthews or like another fill-in-the-blank here shooter vet. They need to get another high-end level guy is like a max guy a little bit less than a max guy and that'll require cap and trading gymnastics of course they're all well documented but i think that that's the thunder's realistic view for success if they are ever ever able to um, attain it
0: yeah all right well that's going to do it for us um brady if you have any more final thoughts
1: um no no the this, Hawks
0: getting Anthony Davis was your highlight of today, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was. I just want to watch Trey Young throw lobs to an, uh, Anthony Davis. Like, what's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with it. Can't can I can I just be dream. excited about things?
0: Yeah, you can dream. You can dream indeed.
1: All right. Well, we're going to
0: uh, sign off. Obviously, Brady and Madison will be dropping a podcast on Wednesday, um, so make sure you stick around for that as well. Um, and. uh Make sure you follow us both on Twitter at BradyDoesSports at Chisholm Holland.
1: I'm glad you didn't die a few minutes ago. When oh you were my prophet. gosh,
0: man! I was they just totally went down the wrong pipe. Not a little <laughs> bit; like it went down the wrong pipe a lot. Um, but I did not die, and so therefore I can do a podcast with you again on Monday next oh, hell yeah. week, and you I'll be it. on the basketball show. Yeah,
1: Saturday. you'll be on the basketball show this Saturday, Mass We'll be taking a day off on the radio from ten to noon on 107.7. Um, yeah. Uh, the guys didn't know that I was actually on the show this past Saturday. They are like, oh, you're not, Chisholm. Like, you made yourself right at home. I did. I did, I did. I lost my job due to injury almost. I think almost. you were
0: my fill-in this week, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to sign off here anyway. So make sure you uh, stick around and keep up to date with us on content, man.
1: Thank you, guys.